Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Um, hello, my name is Jordan, by the way, and um, I'm going to be sharing with you for a few short minutes. I'll try and promise it's a few short minutes. I'm sure many of you have got glazed hams in the oven and all sorts. Make sure they don't burn, so I'll try and hold you to that. Um, but I have the privilege to be able to share with you this Christmas morning, and it's an interesting story, isn't it? The... Uh, the birth story, the Christmas story, the story of Jesus. And, um, you know, we see it in many forms and probably most familiarly, you see it in the form of a nativity set that maybe sits on your coffee table or sits on a windowsill somewhere. But I don't know, for me, like when you truly think about it, it's a bit of a strange story. It's a bit of a strange story. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I, mean, I know for me personally, like if you ever read a book or if you ever go see a movie um, at the cinema, I personally, if I've read the blurb or I've seen a trailer and I go see the movie, um, there can be a lot of times where maybe it's not lived up to my expectations of it and I can come out of it saying, that's not how I would have done it. Anyone else do that? Anyone else just get a little bit kind of like, oh, you kind of didn't go the way I was expecting it to go. Um, I do that a lot. I'm a bit, of, especially with films, I'm a bit of a film snob. So I, I often will come out of a movie and say, I don't think that's how I would have done it. That's not how I would have wrote it. And that's kind of the title of this today, because I think we can look at the Christmas story the same way. And sometimes I look at it that way and go, that's not how I would have wrote it. I don't think that's how I would have wrote it. Because if you really think about it, you know, we sing... These carols, right? We've sung these beautiful carols today. All hail King Jesus, Lord of heaven and earth, the saviour of the world, the hope for humanity, right? We sing them in our carols. We sing them in the songs we sing today. And you know, if we truly believe that, if we truly believe that, right, then the Christmas story is a bit unremarkable when you really think about it, right? It's a bit, you know... It's not that glorious. It's not that magnificent. Perhaps, you know, when we sing our carols, we think of it that way, which is great because that's how we're supposed to think. But if you just take the story and the narrative and the event itself at face value, it can come across a bit unremarkable in some ways. Anyone else think that? Anyone else look at it and just go, it's, you know, I wouldn't have wrote it that way. I wouldn't have wrote it. I wouldn't have told it that way. I wouldn't have expected it to be that way. It doesn't seem a typical origin story for someone we consider our king, someone we consider to be the saviour of the world, the hope for humanity. If I was doing it, I would have great clouds <laughs> up in heaven, right? And the clouds opened up and a beam of light shoots down perfectly like that. And Jesus comes down bedazzled in crowns and gowns and robes. And he's already, you know, fully glorious and majestic. And he's, you know, crowns on his head and there's doves flying around him as he comes down. And angels come out with their, what, I don't know what they're called, horns? What do they call? What do they call them? I don't know. Yeah, those ones, trumpets. They come out with their trumpets and they herald in their king as he, as he floats down from the heavens and then all the kings and the queens of the earth are gathered around him, laid down, bowing to him. 
as Jesus comes down in his gown, you know, fully man, fully ripped as well, I'm sure he would have been. Twelve abs, I'm, I'm convinced. That's how I would have probably expected the story to be. So that's kind of what you'd expect of someone who we would consider to be king, hope, and savior. But it's not that way, is it? It's not that way. And really, there's got to be a reason why it's not that way. Because, as I said, when we take it at face value, it is quite unremarkable. And there's three areas and three questions I have specifically of that story, of that origin, of that narrative, of that truth that we hold. There's three just little tidbits for me that, you know, just make me think, why, why is it that way? Why is it that way? And those three questions are this. Why the stable? Why the people? And why the cradle? Why the stable? Why the people? And why the cradle? Because all of them, on face value, it's a bit unremarkable, and I'll explain why. But again, surely there's a reason for it. And maybe let's explore what that could be. So if we start with, why the stable? Why the stable? For those of you who aren't as familiar, or if we, you know, maybe most of us are quite familiar, and we look at our nativity scenes, and this one doesn't have a, a beautiful stable backdrop, but, you know, most of them have kind of the, the nice stable with the hay and the animals it all sits in, and it all looks quite glorious, doesn't it, on a, all quite neat and tidy in, in our nativity scenes. But I promise you it was not that way. I promise you it was not that way. The stable was the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of where it could be. It was the lowest of places of where a king could have been born, right? The lowest of places. It was so low that no one else chose to go there because there was no room left at the inns. There was no room left in people's houses that it was literally the place that they were like, well, no one else would voluntarily go there, so you go there. It was full of probably, you know, animal stuff. I'm not going to say the words, you know, I'm sure you're going to have the nice Christmas lunch soon, so I'll save those terms. It'll, it would have smelt horrible. It would have, it would have been this, this horrible place. It would have been actually, at that time of year, it would have been a time where lots of clutter and garbage and storage would have been left, because the animals actually would have been out in the fields at that time. So therefore, it was a place, essentially, it was just kind of like one of those, everyone's got one of those rooms in the house where you just kind of, you dump your clutter. That's what it was. It was a room to dump the things you didn't want, the things you didn't need, the things you didn't after. So how the heck was a king born in this place? How was our king born in this place? And to make, just to take it one step further, you look at this and you think, oh, beautiful, you know, beautiful crib, beautiful manger. No, no, no. A manger, in those days, that was the place where the animals ate from. It was essentially a trough, a food trough. That's what it was. It was the place full of probably leftover bits of carrot and leftover bits of food that the animals were left over. It probably been covered in animal saliva and grossness and probably weren't able to, you know, they didn't have antibacterial wipes back then, so I'm not sure they would be able to effectively clean it. And yet this was the place where Jesus was laid. 
It's quite unremarkable. But why? Well, why the stable? Because I think it tells us that actually he came in such a place of humility. He came to us fully humble. And because of that, he came to us ready to serve us. That this was a different kind of king who actually chose, I'm not going to come down in my glory cloud, but I'm going to come to you in the most humble of places and situations because that's how I'm going to live my life. Am I better with the microphone? Apologies. Fully humble and ready to serve. And that's how he would live his life. His whole life is he was a king, he was our savior, he was our hope. Not a person who would put that down upon us, but a person who would come from the very depths to serve us, to give his best for us, to ultimately lay his life down for us. So that's why the stable. It says in Mark 10, 45, for even the son of man did not come to be served. And this was Jesus speaking about himself. He did not come to be served, or I did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give my life as a ransom for many. So this Christmas time, maybe when you reflect on why the stable, because we have a king who is so humble and so ready to serve us. Well, let's move on to the next one. Why the people? Why the people in the story? Now, unfortunately, most nativity sets, I don't know if you find this. I've, I've kind of discovered this as I was trying to find my nativity prop for the day. Um, most nativity sets don't include shepherds. Anyone notice that? Poor shepherds. They were there more than most people in that. And yet, we I don't see one shepherd here. I see wise men. I see, you know, baby Jesus. I see an angel. But no shepherds. But the shepherds were ever so present in that moment. They were ever so present in that moment. And, you know, um, we give them a bad rap today, but they got a bad rap back then too. Um, shepherds back in Jesus' time, they were seen as the lowest of the low. They were seen as complete outcasts. Um, often they would even have the, the name denoted of them of sinners, the shepherds, because they dealt with the animals. They dealt with the icky and the gross animals. They were usually quite poor. They usually were not quite well off, and they usually had this stigma attached to them that they were not the best of people. They were the outcasts of society, and yet we see that actually it's the shepherds that are given the call, that are, that are actually, they are given the message before anyone else that a king has been born, a savior has been born. And not only that, they're given a purpose. The shepherds are given a purpose to go and declare the glory of the king, that he's been born. And do you know what that tells me? Because we see actually in this narrative, not this particular one, but you see that we have people from shepherds 
to three kings to angels. And we see all, essentially, levels of class in those days. But what was the commonality between them all is that they all worshipped King Jesus. They all worshipped King Jesus. So why the people? That may seem unremarkable when you think, oh, why, why, you know, why would Jesus come for a shepherd? Why would this... Why would this truth, why would this narrative have a shepherd in it, have shepherds? Because Jesus came for us all. He came for us all. Every single one of you and me in this room. Now, Jesus didn't look at any individual differently. Whereas maybe in this world, it can be quite prevalent. That Jesus, from the off, he told everyone, I've not just come for an individual. I've not come for the ones who live the best life or do the most good. I've come for you all. I've come to save you all. I've come to be with you all. And maybe this Christmas time, maybe some of you need a reminder of that. Maybe you feel a bit of an outcast or maybe... You feel you've let people down, or maybe you feel you don't deserve to even be in this room today. But I tell you that through the Christmas story, we can learn that he's come for you all, that Jesus came to earth for you, for me, for every single one of us, because for God so loved the world. It wasn't for God so loved the few. It wasn't for God so loved the best. It wasn't for God so loved the every week Sunday a church attender. It was for God so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus. And moving on to number three, why the cradle? This is going to be a bit more difficult now. I've got a handheld mic. Why the cradle? And ultimately what I mean is why the baby? Why Jesus, why would he, why come as a baby? And I'm going to use my last prop, if I can invite him to the stage. Um, for those of you who don't know, I've had the incredible blessing to become a father this year for the first time. And this is him, this is Lincoln. I don't know if we can just try this again temporarily. Unless you want to hold him. Here he is. So this is Lincoln. This is my little boy. And he's very special. But at the same time, um, he's a bit unremarkable <laughs> as well. Sorry, mate. It's all right. It's all right. He's not going to remember this. It's fine. Because um, you look at a baby, right? And you look at I look at a baby, and what I've learned is they can't do too much. You're pretty helpless, aren't you? You're pretty helpless. You know. You make a mess of yourself all the time. And you're very fragile. You know, there's tears all the time. You've got to be careful. You know? So why would the king of the world come like this? Why would he come... Like this, I'll hand you back, buddy. 
to mother. Why would he come as a baby? Well, I think he'd come as a baby because Jesus wanted to truly empathize with us as humanity. To truly get us. And the only way that God, Jesus, could truly do that is to come as a baby. To come as the baby, to live the full life that we also lived. We were all babies, I hope, at one point in our lives. To live that full life to truly get us. To truly understand that we too are helpless. That we make a mess. That we're fragile and in our tears. That actually the God of the universe wrapped himself in skin. Emmanuel. Why? Because he came as one of us to truly get us. And for everyone here, there's one person that truly gets you, can truly relate to you, understand you. In every season of life, it's this person, Jesus. Because he came as the baby. He wrapped himself in skin. He became like us. He became like us. So to conclude, why is the Christmas story the way it is? Well, it's because we are loved so much by Jesus that he became available for us, accessible to us, and approachable. He became available to us in every situation because he humbled himself to serve us. He became accessible to us because he came for all of us. And he became approachable because we can approach him as the one who truly gets us. That's the kind of love that we get to celebrate this Christmas. That's the kind of joy we get to revel in. That's why we sing the carols. That's why we have the nativity set on our coffee tables. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Because we believe in a God who loved us so much that he came this Christmas time to be available, accessible, and approachable to us. And I just want to end with this, a quick challenge of what can we take from this? What can we take from this? As it says in Philippians 2, verse 5, it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the nature of a servant, being made as a human, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So what can we take away this Christmas? Well, Jesus, I think, tells us to live the Christmas story. 
ourselves. And I think what we can take away is how can we become like Jesus this Christmas? How can we be available to serve those around us, to give of what we can to those around us this Christmas? How can we be accessible, not segregating people by our bias, but how can we be available for everyone to help and to love, to be present? And how can we be approachable to people around us? Maybe that's something that we can take away this Christmas season, to be like Jesus, just as he was for us. Why don't we pray? And as we pray, the team will come back up. Jesus, we thank you that you came this Christmas time. That even though on the surface level, it's unremarkable, but yet it's because it's so unremarkable, it's remarkable. That actually no other king, no other savior, no other lord of lords and God would come the way you did to us this Christmas, 2,000 years ago. And so we thank you, Jesus, that you loved us so much that you made yourself available, approachable, and accessible to us. That you would come all those years ago, and then 33 years later, that you would serve us in the greatest way possible by death on a cross for us, for our sins. And so we love you, Jesus. We love you this time. And we pray, Lord, that as we're with family and friends or loved ones this Christmas day, that we can in turn reflect on the remarkable unremarkableness of you. We can reflect on the Christmas story that we can maybe just, rather than glance, we can take a good look at our nativity sets. Or for those with a Bible, we can open our Bibles. And we can read this story in a new way. That we can look at the stable in a new way. We can look at the people in the story in a new way. And we can look at the cradle and the baby that you were in a new way. So we thank you this Christmas time and we just pray for all of us that we can leave this place knowing more about you and your love and in turn trying to be more like you. In a season of giving, how can we give just as the way you gave everything for us? And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.